3: It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay.
1: Long Island Vibes.
3: On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now, here's your host,
1: Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a talented man. And I'll tell you, I love the song Freak Show Cold. And it's uh, it's absolutely terrific. And check out the mu- music video; it's uh, it's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I didn't know I didn't know he can do it. He's uh, uh, he's terrific. He's multi-talented. Uh, you know his work from Two Broke Girls and One Day at a Time and Mistresses. Uh, he's uh, he's absolutely terrific. Tomorrow, you could uh, you could see him. Uh, he's reprising his starring role in season four of Tyler Perry's The Oval and you can start seeing that tomorrow. I'll be watching. Ed Quinn, how are you?
3: I'm doing fantastic, Frank. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, listen, thrilled to have you, and a uh, great tune. Uh, give us the genesis of this. Uh, how long in the making was the video?
3: Um, I, well, I'll tell you, man. It, it, it's such a crazy time in the music business in which you know, I had a buddy, Adam Cameron, who's this incredible musician, incredible guitarist, was a tech for some of the biggest guitarists in the world, and he and I built this music studio and, and like I've been playing in bands, you know, 30 years, you know, or longer since I was in grade school but I had all this music and I just started, you know, we started recording it and like some of the songs that are going to be on the album are, you know, 20, 30 years old and some of them are new and Freak Show is actually new it was kind of this lick that I would warm up with at band practice that as we were getting ready to record the song really came together kind of in the last, you know, almost in the last minute and um, and in in the production of it, we kept changing the keys. I have a very very narrow window in which I can sing, <laughs> so well, I got You I gotta, did I, great. I
1: gotta, that narrow window worked well if there. I, I gotta,
3: if, if I stay in my lane, Frank, if I stay in my lane, I'm okay. So we kept changing the keys and kept changing. So this is really an interesting song to put together. And then the music video, man. You know, I'm so fortunate because I I work in this industry. And every once in a while, you'll get friends who are just like, you know, will will throw you a bone and do you a favor. And these guys at this new company, Synapse, who do these, you know, they have one of these volume stages and they do these massive, you know, music videos and kind of the way they film the Mandalorian and stuff, where it's like the, the whole wall, it's like these walls of, uh, of you know, virtual reality. And um, they called me up and they were going to do this for me, and we were able to shoot that. Chris Probst directed it and edited it, and his. He's probably got 40 billion views of the videos he's done. He does all Tyler Swift and and, uh, Eminem, 50 Cent, you know, Billie Eilish. And so, you know, I just had really talented friends who loved the music, heard the song. I was like, let's shoot you a music video. I've got another one coming out with this incredible, incredible uh, fashion photographer and Steve Lyon. You know, he's one of the biggest photographers in Paris for a long time, New York. And we just shot the second video coming up. So it's just this thing where you're able to kind of use... All your different resources within the um, industry and uh you know create music create videos have fun you know and then then i go back to work on my tv show <laughs> so that's kind of where it is
1: hey just uh terrific how much work did you get done uh musically uh during the the pandemic was that a time you kind of reflected on on some of these older songs uh was that a, a catalyst for this
3: Yes, you're absolutely right. In fact, we started building the studio right beforehand. But you know, everybody's busy and they got jobs and they're running all over the place. And then all of a sudden, it was like well, we had nothing else to do but to get the studio finished. You know, and you know, you say build a studio. I mean, we got so much gear and getting all like the you, know, you know, all it takes is one chord to go wrong from the from the hot box into the uh, you know into the mixing board or whatever. And you know, so you're just constantly tinkering constantly playing with songs then you start recording and you know you can play a song all day long you know in your bedroom or even in band practice but then you put it when you record it you listen to it and it's like you know is it working in that key is that verse working does it need a breakdown is that too long and so yeah having the downtime of covid allowed us really to tighten up some of these tunes which is why we kind of you know i feel like we really got the best of most of these songs being independent artists
1: well this is the only one I've heard so far it's just absolutely terrific congrats on this give us a little on the oval and uh, we'll be able to see it out for ourselves tomorrow but uh, give us a little rundown
3: well if you know the show' it's, it, lots going on in the first three seasons a lot of that's coming to a head you know in season four it goes you know really dark direction um, but you know just know that as we go into this direction, it then creatively becomes some of the strongest, uh, you know, stuff that we've done, but that that's down the line right now. Season four is, is a, is a whirlwind of, of chaos um, back on BET tomorrow, Tuesday, um, October 11th, 9. PM um, Show's been doing great, it's doing great worldwide. Um, it's a ton of fun. It's uh, you know, it's crazy, but you know, the fans love it, and so we're uh,
1: we're real happy. Well, listen, uh, looking forward to all of that. Look, I know you always have a million things going on. Uh, anything else you want to fill us in on before you uh, before we let you go? Uh, how how solid is your schedule, or is it? Do you have a little fluidness uh, uh, in, in there? Is there, uh, is there time to think even about a tour, or about touring with this album? Uh, what what's the next year look like for you?
3: Well, I just got back from Columbia. I was in Columbia for the last two months doing this amazing big action film, uh, Shadow Force. Uh, it's a Joe Carnahan film, Kerry Washington, Omar Sy, Mark Strong. I'm really, I mean, it was just, it was a really special experience and I can't wait for that movie to come out. So now I'm home and I'm like kind of into the edit for the next music video that we shot. Um, this one I did with Steve Lyon. I'm going to release that the first week of November. And then um, we, I'm sure we're going back for the Oval uh, early fall. And so, you know, in the meantime, yes, that's one of the things I'm gonna do is start really putting together, you know, bands are hard. And one of the reasons I named the band the Swamp Metal All-Stars is what I'd really like to do is find, you know, we have a bunch of guys we know who could just kill this, but are they available? Are they on tours with other bands? so I want to just kind of put together like a, a you know, a list of mercenaries who can go on tour with me. So, you know, eventually, yeah, I hope by next summer to be getting out gigging and then, you know, seeing if there's a good response to the record, you know, uh, you know, talking to my agency. My agency actually is one of the biggest touring agencies. There is my acting agency, APA. And so, yeah, that's a good chance. I mean, I would love to go on tour, but, you know, it's uh, does anybody want me to go on tour? Let's let's. You know, car before the horse. Right now, let's get these songs out there and see what kind of response they get. And then, um, yeah, there'd be nothing more fun than to uh, to do even a mini tour. You know, around the United States. I'll get in a van. I'm not afraid, Frank. I'll get on that float. Hey, will you get done <laughs> with that float today, yeah. bring it out to L.A. Load all my gear on it. We'll just drive across drive country just, just uh, rock
1: out. You got a built-in <laughs> in stage there. It's a, it's absolutely perfect. Ed Quinn, right? Hey, come on, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I wish you were here. I wish you were here now. I, Ed, uh, Ed Quinn, congrats on everything. You're absolutely terrific. The song's great. Can't wait to hear the rest of the album. Give us a website or a social media site where we can follow along with what you're doing.
3: You, yeah, yeah. If you just go to um, Ed Quinn at edwardquinn on Instagram, um, there's a link in my bio that has, you know, link to the video, link to Spotify, link to everything. Please, you guys, even if you think the song stinks, but you kind of like me, I don't know, in One Day at a Time or Eureka, <laughs> just go and hit hit the like button and you know, follow me as an artist um, so that you know the algorithms start to like me and the song gets pushed into the proper playlist and all that kind of stuff. Go to YouTube and watch the video. I had a ton of fun doing it. Realize that's a virtual set. That is not real. That's crazy, blown out, uh, uh, you know, yeah. out that I'm, and that is, yeah that is that is 100 percent we film that live that is not post-production that's not a green screen that is a that is a virtual set and so just check that out if you like you know i could geek out on on production stuff um but yeah any help and i really mean this anything like that just liking the song liking the video following me as an artist helps so much more than even like liking the song um you know personally so um but you won't hurt my feelings. If you don't like the song? Just <laughs>
1: help me out as an artist. I like it personally, and uh, and we'll be promoting. We'll be talking about it as we let you go. Ed Quinn, thanks for being here.
3: Thanks so much. Have a, have a great day today. And hey, get, the, get that float out to California. Come on, we got work to
1: do. <laughs> Ed Quinn, everybody, uh, uh, great song, and I'm—I kid you not, this is a great uh, music video, "Freak Show Cold," and it's—it's uh, it's out. It's upon us. Uh, he did a great job on this I, if you look if, if you didn't know it was Ed Quinn the actor and uh, you know sometimes there's prejudice right against actors who put out I, he put out a great song and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that comes with this and I uh, think he surprised everybody with the 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 rock album and it's um, you know it's his lead off single you know it's uh, uh, it's uh, you know he's listen. he's hoping that it uh, that it breaks through obviously. You've seen him on Two Broke Girls, Mistresses, One Day at a Time, so many uh, other things. Check out his music for sure. Uh, certainly, Tyler Perry's um, The Oval is, uh, is, is upon us, and you may be hearing this after the fact, but um, premiering as we speak tomorrow, and you can check him out there, but you'll be able to binge it even if you're hearing this a little late. Um, Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, actor. Uh, musician uh, songwriter and, uh, and singer Ed Quinn has been our very special guest uh, hope to get him uh, for a longer period of time we'll talk about his music it's uh, it's terrific I uh, can't wait to hear the album Frank McKay signing off Ed Quinn has been our very special guest we'll see you all next time on breaking it down
2: this episode is brought to you by ABC station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high-adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10-9 Central on ABC and stream on Hulu.
3: story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a terrific actor, And he has put together in a very short period of time a great resume, Evermore, people know him for Alex Ryder, Love Victor, of course, Will, uh, Into the Badlands, and opening tomorrow is Reefer. And it sounds terrific. I'm definitely going to uh, be tuning in. Uh, It's a must watch. George Sear is our very special guest. Hey, George, how are you? Hey, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And listen, congratulations on on really putting a nice body of work together. And and by the way, quality work too. You you really put a lot of looks like you put a lot of effort into your your craft.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. I I like. I definitely. Um, when I was about uh, when I was leaving school, about fifteen, sixteen, I decided it was something I really wanted to throw myself into. And I'm just really grateful that I'm still doing it to this day. <laughs> who
1: was it for you who you noticed on, on screen, whether it was the small screen, the stage or, or the big screen, who was it for you that, that made you want to be an actor?
0: Oh, well, really early on, I think it was, um, big Van Dyke in, uh, like Mary Poppins and things like that. I would always be watching him and copying, uh, I'd always be trying to do the one man band scene and stuff like that. when yeah. I was like really little, like, you know, three, four years old. Um, but it, it, that was all kind of subconscious stuff. And I think consciously um, seeing Christian Bale and seeing some of his films, like there's a great film called The Prestige, um, which is like a Nolan movie with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. And then I just went down this Christian Bale rabbit hole, just like watching all his work and just being like, oh, I want to be like, I want to like, that's what I want to do. You know, like that's, I want to be that kind of (laughs) actor. So that's kind of, that's, he was like the guy that kind of inspired me, I think.
1: Well listen, you gotta, you've gotta. you got to be very happy. I, I think uh, both of those folks would be very happy that you're you're listing them as uh, influences. Uh, you're really putting together quite a career here. Uh, let's talk about Reefer and give us a, a rundown. Don't spoil it, of course, but uh, give us a rundown and give us a rundown of your character.
0: Yeah, um, so Reefer, it follows Israel Reefer Hernandez he was who uh, he was 18 years old. He was supposed to be going to New York on an art scholarship. He was a super gifted artist. Um, and uh, it, this this film kind of follows his like last summer in Miami before he's supposed to be going off with his friends and he has this romance. Um, his family, meanwhile, that and himself, they're all waiting for their green cards. They've moved from Colombia seeking asylum. Um, but tragically, his kind of like amazing potential art career is not to be, and he he, he paints on the side. He sprays something on the side of an abandoned McDonald's gets chased down by the Miami cops and then tasered to death um, at 18 years old. Yeah, it's a really sad story, but... Wow. um, Our director, Jess, she was trying to put this film together um, for like five years and, you know, finally got a story told. You
1: you know what's amazing is how... How perfect the timing is for uh, for what's going on here, and not to make light of anything, but uh, this is uh, the timing is absolutely perfect for what's in the news, and I think it can give give people yeah. a a different perspective, and hopefully will give people a different perspective on uh, on how to uh, you know how to behave, whether you're in look whether it's law enforcement or whether it's uh, you know people um, looking at at uh, at street people or what they think of street people as yeah. as being Less than really, uh, uh, sounds like there's a good message here, and the timing couldn't be better.
0: I think so. I think it's just like it's. It it was an issue then. It's an issue now, and it's still uh, not even just a conversation, but obviously, clearly, like way bigger things that just need to be sort of shifted in our society. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely still still relevant.
1: Uh, You know, a little more on your uh, on your character Uh, when you first got the either the script or got the description of of what your character was going to be? How much has it changed since, uh, you know, your perception of what it was going to be like and how the ultimate result came out?
0: It changed a lot, actually. Um, Because when I first auditioned, it was a total different, like, character name. So it was, like, based on one of his other friends, I think. Um, And then there was, like, some complications and I had to change it to a different friend's name. Um, But I kind of decided, you know what, I'm just going to because I'd, I'd already been like looking into the the first guy. So I decided to just stick with the research I'd been doing there. Part um, <clears throat> my character was like a drummer and that was part of it and grew up playing the drums. Um, so I was practicing that a lot. Um, I was getting back on my skateboard and like, you know, like kind of practicing those things. So I just kind of stuck to the, the things that the research I've been doing already. And then <clears throat> When I got to Miami, just, you know, just just played it that way, really, and just sort of, you know, saw how the group dynamic was and just tried to fit in there.
1: I imagine you're going to get all types of of feedback, and, you know, it it sounds terrific, and listen, everything I've seen you in, you've been uh, terrific, and you're you're surrounded by a bunch of people who know how to act as well. I think you're going to get terrific feedback, and we're we're certainly cheering on the movie, and I'll remind everyone, uh, Reefer, uh, tomorrow, and it's R E E F A and it's uh... it's it's based on the life of an artist who lost his life tragically and i uh, everyone must check it out here with george sear uh... george before you go uh, what's the rest of your year look like and uh, you know we don't want to look too far beyond uh we know it's very fluid with um with the pandemic going on but do you have a schedule anything you want to tell us about before you go
0: yeah um got love victor coming out um in Ju- uh, season two of love victor coming out on um, on hulu and on in june june 11 i believe um so that follows up from the first season, um, and I'm really excited about that. We literally just got done filming it, so that's kind of um, the next thing on the horizon for me. How about music? Do you have
1: any music coming from you? I've seen you on on YouTube and and Instagram and different things. Yeah. You you play
0: beautifully, and uh, it, what what do you have? Do you have anything I, coming out commercially? I I don't have anything coming out musically at the moment. Um, at the moment, I'm just I'm writing a lot, um, but all kind of. Just so far, I just I treat writing as just kind of my own my own kind of outlet at the moment. But hey, never say never. You know, maybe maybe someday in in the future soon. <laughs>
1: well, listen, terrific. Congratulations on everything, everything that's going on, and certainly especially Rifa will be tuning in. Give us a website or a social media site where we could uh, we we
0: could follow what's going on with you. Yeah, um, mostly my Instagram, which is um, at G Seer.
1: Yeah. hey where can we see your short I know you wrote and directed a short uh, 10 minute piece um where can we uh where can we see that is that available uh, I
0: did it's not actually available anymore um it's something that I kind of it was a really like personal short so I had it out for a while and then I kind of took it off But I'm, I am working on my next short um so you know hopefully that will be out like soon enough oh, George,
1: well George thank uh, thanks a million for being here congratulations once again we'll be watching you in reefer
0: Thanks Frank. cheers, good talking to ya. Same here, George Sear
1: everyone. The name of the film is Reefer, R-E-E-F-A. Please check it out. Uh, Tomorrow is the first time you'll be able to, uh, to to get to it. And again, see George and love Victor. Um, Alex Ryder, uh, Will uh, Evermore, uh, did a terrific job And in Evermore, um, Into the Badlands. Uh, it just a, a terrific career he's putting together. And I, you know, I almost said young actor. Uh, you know that that's almost demeaning for what he's done. He's really put together some really uh, beautiful work. Uh, very good at what he does, and it's uh, it's easy to see he's going to have a big career ahead of him. He's got a great look. He's got a, a lot of emotion goes into uh, into his his work, and uh, it, you got to kind of cheer him on. Um, yeah, he wrote a short and directed a short. And I can't find it anywhere. So you know, he said he uh, he pulled it, and it's it's hard to see. You know, who knows why that is, uh, but uh, you know, we would love to uh, love to see what he does next. And I think he's 22 years old. So um, you know, here's a guy who's getting a lot of input from a lot of folks whether it's other actors and and uh directors so it's interesting to see what he uh he's going to be creating and the fact that he's already uh creating uh shorts and and looking towards films is terrific he says he's writing uh i assume uh he means writing you know, uh, movies. You know, writing films and and stories and so forth. And I, you know, I look forward personally to uh, to seeing a lot of that. I mean, songwriting. I, you know, listen that as well. Um, he's a, a very good musician. Uh, interesting. He gave us his two uh, two uh, examples: uh, Dick Van Dyke and. Um, and Mary Poppins with the one man band, and uh, it, you know, he said he was three years old watching that, and, and you know, you could just imagine a kid, a British kid, uh, watching that and and just seeing uh, what they can do with it, and uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of creativity to um, to want to take on that part, or take, I should say, it takes a lot of ambition to want to replicate that. Anyway, he, uh, he a terrific young actor, uh, George Sear, The name of the film is Reefer, R-E-E-F-A. Check it out. It's uh, certainly, it it sounds heavy. It sounds, uh, you know, certainly going to be heavy and certainly uh, appropriate with what's going on now and everyone can kind of see what's going on. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.
3: He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay
1: on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Vays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Marcus Lamonis is the renovator, and it premieres tomorrow on HGTV. And I know I'm going to be tuning in, and a lot of people are, and uh, we're just hearing great things. Uh, and uh, you know, you hear these whispers, but this is this is a must-watch, and it's uh, it's hosted by Marcus, and it's uh, it's new, it's exciting. Uh, he's going to improve people's lives and their homes, and, yeah. uh, and and their lives while he's at it. Marcus, how are you?
4: i'm doing pretty good you know frank i i think it's kind of an interesting one if people hear my name and they hear a different show title they sort of scratch their head yeah because they're so used to for a decade you know watching the profit which as you know was a Terrific. decade-long show that uh that a lot of people loved and i decided to make this big big shift uh away from focusing on the inside and the reality of businesses to going inside the reality of people's homes and uh I think for those traditional profit viewers who love the show this will feel like a very easy transition different uh, in the sense that you know we'll be dealing with the finances and the relationships inside of a home uh, but similar in the sense that you're gonna see me do what I've always done which is peel back the layers and really get inside understanding why people do what they do and think what they think
1: see I I think uh, because of the profit you know you you have uh, you, you have that credibility and 10 years is a, is a great run if you think about it and I, it, you know when you started the, uh, with the profit uh, did did you expect it to go that long I can't imagine anybody would uh, expect you know anything to go I, I mean optimistically you hope right but I mean uh, you know that's a, yeah. that's a whole career right there you know what, I never did
4: expect it to go as long. And, you know, when we started the show, it was at a very small cable network called CNBC, which did not have any primetime yeah. programs. It was a big gamble for them and a, and a gamble for me. And, you know, 10 years later, uh, I, you know, we had a lot of drama, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of losses, a lot of gains, and a lot of relationships. And uh, it was time for me to make a really hard pivot because the one thing I learned is that when I looked at the businesses that were solid, the family-owned small businesses that were solid, and I looked at the ones that were not, the commonality between the ones that were good is that they had a good personal life and a good home life. And I started to recognize that in order to really understand how to help people grow, you got to start with the place that they spend the most time at, which is their house. And uh, when COVID hit, I think all of us got put into a bit of a tailspin where we're spending time in a room and time with people that, you know, had never been so extreme and good good and bad things happened. And um, when I went to HGTV and said, look, this is the show that I want to make. This is the concept that I want to come up with. It took them a minute, to be honest. It took them a minute to really decide if this was a the gamble they wanted to take. And I couldn't be more lucky that they have taken this gamble and, I said to them this is either gonna be a huge hit or or the opposite of that and uh, I'm nervous but I'm but I'm but I'm excited for sure
1: listen I I imagine there's no no reason to lack confidence with uh, with you you're a proven you know ratings getter and uh, you're I'll tell you I, I I put my money on you any day of the week how much different are you now than prior to the the profit starting And, I I mean, I I imagine there's, uh, no matter how much success you had uh, prior to this in other fields, uh, there's got to be a, uh, a, you know, a confidence that comes along. But all of these little things that we can't even pinpoint exactly that are there. But how how much different as a person do you think you are now than prior to, to, to the profit?
4: Well, I think I'm a better person, um, and probably some of that's because I got married and you know have a boss that <laughs> controls the things that I say and do. But uh, but I also think I'm a better listener, and that was something that I struggled with early on in my business career. And uh, you know you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room. And I tended uh, early on in my career to believe that I needed to prove myself, and I think the thing that has made the renovator work is that I took a lot of my personal learnings uh, from making the profit and was able to mature as a human being um, uh, and as a, as a sort of a, a constructor of, of relationships. And uh, I think you're gonna see a, a similar side of me where you'll chuckle, because my, my smart alexness doesn't really go away, but you'll also see a little bit of a softer side of me Uh, which I think is a good balance you know it shows a a, a good balance between what happens in business and what happens in home and how you have to really separate the two
1: Marcus if you don't mind give us a a brief history of the renovator and if uh, if you can like uh, the the concept when you first came up with the concept and and thought till till now how long a process was it to uh, to get to here
4: Well, you know, shockingly, um, and I'll give you just a comparison. When I first made the profit, I met with NBC in the fall of 2012. And in the summer of 2013, we were on the air. So that's how quickly that happened. In this particular case, I met with HGTV in January of 2020. January of 2020, almost three years ago. And we're now going to be on the air tomorrow. And the real purpose behind the show, The Renovator, was for me to be able to show people that there's more to renovate than moving a wall or changing the carpet. You gotta renovate the way people think. Uh, And there's kind of three primary principles that I wanted to do. I wanted to improve financial literacy for people and how their home works and what the values are. I wanted to improve uh, this concept of generational wealth, which is understanding how to learn and respect things and pass them on. And I wanted to have people learn how to improve their relationship. And inside of all that, I used the renovation, the absolute total gutting of a house and the rebuilding of it with the family to actually teach those three things. And unlike most HGTV shows, the family actually stays with me and does the the project the entire time. There's no going away to vacation and coming back and moving a bus and yay, this is amazing there's all the things that happen in between. And, you know, we're dealing with divorce. We're dealing with, unfortunately, death inside of a family. We're dealing with a lack of transparency around financial numbers. So we had a husband hide 200,000 of cryptocurrency from his wife. Uh, We're dealing with a lot of different complex issues. And if you watch this show, which I hope you do, on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, you should be able to see yourself, your family, your relationships, your issues, at least in one of the eight episodes. I know
1: I saw mine in, like, seven. Marcus, I want to congratulate you on everything uh, that you've done and that you're continuing uh, to do. The Renovator, I'm sure, is going to be a hit. Uh, If you can, give us a website or a social media site where we can follow along with you and the Renovator.
4: The best way to find it, uh, you obviously can go on to HGTV.com, but to use on Twitter, you'll find out that I'll give away on an annual basis, millions of dollars of gifts away. You can go onto my Twitter account at Marcus Lamontis, or you can follow the Renovator HGTV as the hashtag, uh, and I think you'll really enjoy it.
1: Marcus Lamontis, uh, thanks for being here.
4: Thanks so much. Take care.
1: The Renovator premieres tomorrow on HGTV. I tell you, it's going to be t- terrific. He's it was so wonderful. In the profit, and just a, uh, a you know, unless proven track record, you know whether it's uh, whether it's a football coach or a baseball manager, uh, you, you know you start at, at the head, the showrunner. Uh, if the showrunner here in this particular case has had success, which he had, uh, a ten year run, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna uh, you hire a uh, a proven uh, commodity, and uh, certainly Marcus is that, and uh, you know it's it's always interesting to see what uh, a show is from uh, from day one. You know he mentioned uh, January 2020 as uh, as far as uh, coming up with the concept and and getting it accepted there. You know well we know we all know what happened uh, about two months later, almost exactly two months later, COVID hit and you know all types of things. So uh, everything that. Uh, that's happened in the last two and a half years, uh, right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of that, in the beginning of that, let's face it, in the in the begin, very beginning of of uh, the renovator being signed and, and picked up, COVID hits. So that changes everything as far as, um, you know, what is a, uh, a station doing? <coughs> what is, what are staff members doing? What are, um, you know, what a cast, uh, whatever his casting situation, I I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, people that are are appearing on the show, where he's uh, he's renovating the houses. <coughs> All of that dramatically changes when when you hit with a global pandemic, the unforeseen global pandemic that we we got smashed with. Uh, Frank McKay here, Marcus Lamonis has been our very special guest, and he is the showrunner and the and the star of the series, The Renovator. And uh, it's uh, it's upon us, and uh, you know the the, the headline is uh, improves families' lives and homes in this new HGTV series, The Renovator. Look, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, he's done uh, such a great job in the past on The Profit, and uh, nothing uh, leads me to believe that The Renovator will uh, will be a hit. And uh, you know I, I'm certain. Uh, that he'll have a hit on his hands and TV will as well. Frank McKay signing off. Marcus Lamonis has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down
3: with your host Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Sam Jaeger, wonderful actor, is, uh, is our very special guest and uh, so many people know him from uh, from so many things. The Eyes of Tammy Faye was terrific in that the uh, TV series, uh, Parenthood, Scrubs, Law and Order, West Wing, uh, it, 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 all kinds of credits. I saw him in a short not too long ago. My son turned me on to it and Maurice Hall was in it, it was absolutely terrific uh, called Plain Clothes if you got a chance yeah. to see it you could see it. it's just absolutely wonderful it's got to be just like 10 minutes long but uh, I, I was I was gripped by it I, I just thought it was absolutely well done and, and Sam's in that as well um, but again today we're going to be talking about a couple things that he has going on and this this is a must see uh, The hands made, uh, Handmaid's Tale which is uh, you know uh, just can't miss tv on hulu and devil in ohio he's terrific in that uh but uh, check out that short plain clothes it's called and and maurice hall's terrific and he's terrific and, uh sam jager how are you i'm
2: great yeah thanks for shouting out that short film i was
1: uh, that was something
2: I, a passion project i wrote and, and directed and and uh got to meet maurice through it so that was it was a something i was really proud of
1: oh I, I didn't know you wrote and directed that oh that's great i'm I'm into shorts i'm into uh film shorts and i i you know people keep turning me on to them and sending them out but what what a great job on that
2: oh thank you thank you yeah it was you know labor of love and it was based on conversations with uh uh one of my family members who's an officer and uh hearing about just you know how to make peace with uh Dealing with all the, the all the horrible things that you have to see and and be a part of as a as an officer of the law. Well,
1: this is uh, you know you got to pardon my ignorance on this. I yeah I, didn't, uh, uh, I I I should do a little more research before these things, right? But uh, do you do a lot of writing and and directing? Because you did a great job in that one. Well, thank
2: you. Yeah, you know that's kind of where I spend the bulk of my time is is writing and trying to figure out. Yeah, I, to be honest, I I never liked um the i never liked I've never been comfortable as an actor you know the idea that i have to go into a room and in five minutes convince somebody that I'm, I'm worth taking a risk on for the next five years It just never felt comfortable to me and so i've always felt like um i kind of viewed my career as a filmmaker and a storyteller and it's it's been uh it's been a lot healthier that way rather than just twiddling my thumbs and waiting for somebody to, you know, for the phone to ring. You know, I think uh, growing up in Ohio, I was able to, you know, make movies with my buddies on the weekend instead of going out and drinking and stuff. We would just get together and hang out at my buddy Jeff's house and make movies. And, um, you know, I got really good at trying to figure out what makes a good story. And I'm always trying to, uh, trying to figure out what, what piques my interest.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, do you remind yourself when you're, you know, when you're acting uh, and you, you obviously worked with a lot of great directors uh, uh, along the way, uh, do you remind yourself of anyone that you've worked with?
2: Do I remind myself? Like, uh, do I, am I similar to anybody?
1: Well, are, are you uh, either? No, I, I don't mean patterning uh, yourself, but do you work with a director every once in a while and say, you, you know what? He reminds me of me. <laughs> you know, I remind me of Oh, him. yeah.
2: That's a good question. You know, I think a lot of times I'm, I'm, I, I learn, you learn a lot by being an actor on TV, um, you know, because every week, especially on Parenthood, and I did a show before that called Eli Stone, where you'd see, you know, new directors come in week after week, and you'd immediately think, oh, this one, this is, I don't know, uh, I, I'm, I don't, Agree with these choices, you know. Or you'd think, wow, that's a very. This is a very result-oriented direction that they're giving me, and uh, you know. So I learned quickly what works and what doesn't work for me. And I think you know, having ease and making people feel comfortable is is one of the biggest jobs for a director. Um, you know, especially in television. You know, and and to try and put people at ease and also to empower them to do their best work, giving them the freedom and trusting them to, you know, you're always going to get people if you're positive and believe in people, they're going to end up working harder for you than if you just bulldoze them. And so I try to take that into everything I do.
1: Well, listen, I, I wish we had more time just to talk about to, talk about your your directing and your writing. Uh, and listen, obviously you do very well. You're thoughtful, but uh, in in front of the camera, you you made a hell of a name for yourself. And uh, and now, I mean, this is uh, look, the devil uh, in Ohio is uh, is getting rave reviews. I, I think it's terrific. Uh, same thing with the uh, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, give us a little something on both of you, if you don't mind. And, uh, and hopefully you and I can get together for some uh, a longer period of time to talk about some other things.
2: Oh, that'd be great. Well, you know, both are uh, just uh, shocking hits. I mean, the Handmaid's Tale has been, you know, uh, garnering more fans every year since its, you know, Emmy-winning first season. And, and that's so rare. Uh, it's rare to be a part of, and it's it's fun to go to work and have people still trying to figure out how to make this season better than the last one. And then um, Devil in Ohio, was, you know, was, uh, came out of the blocks as the number one show on Netflix in the whole world uh, at the beginning of September. And, you know, I don't think we expected it to be that kind of a hit, but it's, uh, it's an interesting, ca- creepy thriller that's not necessarily a slasher movie or anything like that. It's more of a psychological thriller. And I think, you know, for fall time, it's the perfect kind of show for people to, to, to sit and binge watch.
1: Yeah, I mean they're both uh, they're both very smart uh, shows, and I, you know I think that's that's important nowadays. <laughs> People are more sophisticated, and they have a lot more choices, and they want to sit down there, especially in in regards to uh, Devil in Ohio. I mean that's uh you know people are just raving both shows but i mean devil in ohio is getting some rave views uh reviews in a very yeah. short period of time uh hey what's the what's the rest of your year look like it seems like you're pretty filled up and you uh it sounds like you're you're pretty locked up in stone do you have some things we should know about that uh that uh, might not be uh right at our fingertips
2: no i mean i'm just kind of in the process of uh um, building a a feature film that I'm going to direct over through winter and, uh, but everything else, I'm just trying to stay home and be with my kids and enjoy being home for once and, uh, and do all the things that, you know, I love to do about being a dad and all the things I hate about being a dad (laughs) (laughs) because my wife deserves my, uh, my, my full effort after, you know, having been, uh, Stuck with uh, three maniac boys throughout much of COVID, while I was up shooting <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. So we're still deeply, madly in love, thank God. Yeah, but but
1: hey, uh, we have yeah, three we, boys too. I I know the feeling. They're a little older than your guys. I have a feeling, and and we have a daughter to boot. Uh, she she uh, she's the bookend uh, at the end, and they're all cool. you know nineteen and over. So. Uh,
2: uh, oh, well, we had, we have two, uh, three boys that are 12, 8, and 6 years old, and then my stepdaughter is 27, so wow, right. we have the opposite. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, congrats on everything. You're, you're terrifically talented. And uh, again, plain clothes. I, I, I don't know why. Uh, I just absolutely love it. And I, I know cops who just love it. So uh, keep up the great work on there. Congratulations on putting together an amazing career. Good luck on the on the feature. And hopefully we can come talk to you about that. And uh, give us a website. I don't know if you have a website or a social media site where we can follow along with what you're doing. But if you do, please give it here.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm just on Sam Jagger. I, I'm on Instagram uh, every every once in a while. But uh, other than that, you know, it's just been a joy to talk with you this morning. Uh, I appreciate it, and have a great weekend.
1: Thanks, Sam. Thanks for being uh-huh. here. Sam Jagger. Yeah. everyone, and uh, two great shows, The Handmaid's Tale and A Devil in Ohio. And so many people are, are always asking me or, you know, I'm always asking people. What can I binge? And I usually watch things in the background while they're going on, but I've uh, I've been gripped by uh, uh, by well devil in Ohio for sure it's, uh, it's excellent. Sam Jagger's a wonderful actor. I didn't realize he's a, a director and a, uh, a writer as well. Um, you know the, the piece I saw uh, is uh, yeah, uh, Maurice Hall was uh, he was just great in it. It's called Plain Clothes. And you can just check it out for free on on YouTube, and it's quick. It's, it's like like I said, ten minutes, nine minutes, 10, eleven minutes, something along those lines. And uh, yeah, he did a, a very good job, and um, you know he he, he got it, uh, like he said from uh, from law enforcement, friends, or family uh, that he's talking to, and that's it's uh, yeah, a, a cool way to do things to jump in and get a get a um, uh, you know quick short out of it. Uh, you know, I love that and I'd love to see what he does with a full length and uh, you know let's see uh, yeah, listen a talented actor um, he's uh, uh, you know The Handmaid's Tale he, everybody's getting a lot of attention from that that's been a big hit from, uh, from early on it's won multiple Emmys uh, and for good reason it's very good But as I mentioned earlier uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye uh, you saw Sam in that and uh, Parenthood the the TV show, which is much different than parent, uh, Parenthood, the the movie, the movie was great, and, and a, a show too. My wife got me into that, and I ended up watching it all, and it was good. It was ended up Scrubs, I uh, saw him in that, and Law and Order, The West Wing. Uh, he's a he's a talented guy. He's built a really good resume for good reason. Uh, he's got a lot uh, a lot going for him on the acting end, and uh, I want to see more and more. Of his, uh, of his shorts and his films and the um, uh, you know the, the feature he has coming on uh, we didn't have time to get into it but in the meanwhile uh, check out Devil in Ohio and The Handmaid's Tale Sam Jaeger has been our very special guest And we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. This
3: is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bay's.